right, how we doing, everybody? It is one seven twenty. I am your host, Will Reddington, and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. Austin Bickett is here to recap NFL Wildcard Weekend, break down U of L UK basketball, and much, much more. And Shay Martin is here for the return of Bachelor Red Talk. Before we get to that, our show is brought to you by O'Shea's Irish Pub. It's game day for the Louisville Cardinals. Come check out the downtown O'Shea's at 123 Main Street for your pregame snack and one of the best beer selections in town. Just 30 steps away from the KFC Yum Center. All right, let's get it going. Austin, it again feels like I haven't seen you in forever. We have plenty to talk about. Four NFL playoff games, all were very intense, exciting, and surprising. What stood out to you about Wild Card Weekend? Yeah, great weekend of football overall. Two overtime games, almost had three if McCown didn't come up a little short. But uh, the thing that stinks out to me the most is the thing that everybody's talking about on every sports network. Was that the end of the Brady and Belichick era? I sure hope so. I'm not 100% sure. I think Brady will be back in a Patriots jersey next year, but it just feels different this time. I agree. I think Tom Brady plays at least one more year with the Patriots, but yeah, it was weird. The Titans had played a lot better than the Patriots down the stretch, and it shouldn't be that shocking if you forgot everything that the Patriots have done in the last 10 years. Yeah, I mean, to me, it really wasn't shocking at all. I was on Titans all week. I was on Titans Moneyline on um, Saturday. I mean, if you watched the NFL all year, the Patriots just weren't very good this year. They didn't play a playoff team until, what, week 9 or week 10? They didn't beat anybody good. The best team they beat were the Bills, and, I mean, the Bills are good, but how good are they really as well? I don't know. I mean, they just had no weapons with the retirement of Gronk. Um, Brady is 42 years old. They have no offensive line. Just tough to watch that offense at most times of the draft this year, and it caught up to them. It was, and and the historic run of that Patriots defense that kind of was the story earlier in the year, it kind of proved to be true in that game. They did a pretty good job. Zero Titans points in the second half until that late pick six. That yeah, was and that wasn't, that wasn't allowed by the defense either. I mean, that's a given up by the offense. Exactly. If and your defense allows 14 points at home, you should win a playoff game. Definitely. And if and Derrick Henry is that good to shorten the game, to constantly get first downs out of nothing, but they really held Ryan Tannehill in check. I mean, he had like 72 yards passing if you that's discount crazy. that one really long pass he had. If so, Two years ago when Ryan Tannehill was the Miami quarterback, if somebody tells you he's going to go into Foxborough and beat Brady with 72 yards passing, I mean, what are the odds on that? Yeah, it, it There's seems, no way. There's no way. It seems completely impossible, but the Titans kind of out-patrioted the Patriots. I couldn't believe that standoff when Vrabel just— That was just, so funny because Belichick was cursing the refs. I'm like, dude, this you did this. Like, People only know about this because of you. I was shocked watching yeah. that happen. I, I had the Patriots just to win the game. And it was kind of a terrible way to take that in. I wish I could have enjoyed the ending yeah. of that a little bit more than I did. Frable took everything he knows from Belichick. He really took the Patriot way to the Titans, and, and that was awesome to watch him using Belichick's move against him. And that's probably going to be um, addressed in the offseason. I, I think so. That needs to be changed. Yeah, That's I a loophole. Agreed. Um, I didn't really like it in the time because I was like, there's still going to be five minutes left on the clock. This is still like Brady. Like, oh, he needs a field goal. Exactly. And I thought the Titans were kind of – yeah, I thought the Titans were kind of screwing themselves in that. But, I mean, he trusted his defense and it worked out. So Yeah, rightfully so. That Edelman drop. I mean, when's the last time you saw Edelman drop a pass? That Especially in the playoffs. The stretch of plays, first and goal on the one, killed him when it was 10-7. to seven. At, at that point, you're like, okay, we're watching the Patriots play the Titans. They're going to score a touchdown here, go up 17-7, and that'll probably do it. And if they would have scored, it probably would have done it. But you get, like, the same play three straight times and then a field goal. It was just so weird. I felt like the play calling was – was so bad for the Patriots, and I kind of wonder whether that affects McDaniel's ability to get a really good job. Uh, I don't really think so. I mean, he's kind of his body of work there. McDaniel's has been a head coach before; it hasn't really worked out great. He's the Broncos coach. He started out five or six and zero, oh, and then it kind of all just fell apart after that. But um, no, nah, I mean, he's already interviewing places. I don't think that'll be a huge factor. Yeah, that's fair. Well, let's talk about the Patriots first, and then we'll get into the Titans and the Ravens. What do the Pats look like next year to you? You are saying that you think Brady comes back. What would you say the percentage chance of him being in another uniform next year is? Another uniform, I'd probably say like maybe a 20% chance. The only way I can see it happening is if he demands like a ton of money, which I don't think he will because he doesn't need the money. His wife doesn't need the money. I mean, probably one of the richest couples in America. Yeah. 
I mean, he's got 20 years of salary. He's got the range. He's got everything he could ever want. But, I mean, the thing, the reason the Patriots have been so good over the past 20 years is because Belichick knows when to get rid of players when they're leaving their prime, when they're not going to be worth the money and all that. But I can't, I can't imagine the Patriots choosing to just let him go for if he wants to be there and the money's right. Yeah, although Tom Brady was definitely down this season in terms of performance, he still, I don't think, is the biggest problem with the Patriots. No, they they lost two stars in the offensive line, and they lost Gronk, and they just they didn't have any weapons. I think Nikhil Harry is going to be good, but he was a rookie; he didn't play half the year. Um, Sanu came over late, and he didn't really fit into that offense immediately. Edelman's still Edelman, but if you take him away, they have no run game. Their running game is basically James White catching passes in the backfield. I mean, yeah. Brady wasn't the biggest problem on this team, but he also wasn't the Brady we've been used to seeing. It's a great point saying that the Patriots do kind of move on from guys right after their prime. It seems like always at the perfect time. So if they do kind of Patriot this out, Tom Brady's probably gone. Uh, do you have a team prediction? Well, everybody's saying the Chargers. I mean, I think the Chargers are done with Rivers. I think that's pretty clear. You saw his press conference at the end of the year. Yeah. Basically leaving it all out there. I can't really see Brady playing anywhere else, but I don't think the Chargers would be a bad fit. They had, what, a positive point differential until the last two weeks of the season. Yeah, they finished, a ton what, of weapons. 4-12 and 12 or 5-11 and 11 or something like that. They were pretty close to being a good team. Rivers just killed them with turnovers all year. And they had that Melvin Gordon situation. I mean, Brady steps into the system with the Chargers, let's just say that. He's got two really good running backs. Melvin Gordon obviously might leave that contract. The Chargers probably aren't going to pay him. But Eckler, I mean, he's, he had just as good a year as anybody when he was playing. They have Keenan Allen. They have a great tight end, Hunter Henry. They got Mike Williams. Throw it up, go up and get it type guy. Defense is still solid. They still have Bosa. I mean, if Rivers could have played the way Brady played this year, just take care of the ball, who knows what the Chargers season would have looked like. Yeah, and the Chargers need fans. They need to sell tickets at this new stadium. The Rams are kind of L.A.'s team. The Rams yeah. still don't have a ton of fans, don't get me wrong, but the Chargers have yeah, basically definitely, none. I definitely think if the if Brady's interested, I definitely think this is a move the Chargers should make because I, I don't think you can bring Rivers back after this year. Yeah, and like you said, a game manager style quarterback could maybe yeah. change their team. Brady really wasn't turnover prone this year. No, just he just weren't. wasn't as explosive, and that's not all on him. Like I said, his offensive line was terrible, and his weapons were Edelman and a bunch of other guys you haven't really heard of. Yeah, they just couldn't score. Uh, let's look at the Titans and the Ravens, though. The Ravens are favored by nine and a half. The Titans look pretty tough. It's hard for me to imagine anybody beating them by 10 or more points right now, especially in terms of a pregame line. But it's really hard for me to imagine the Ravens losing their first playoff game after this run they've been on. What do you think of that matchup? Yeah, it's exactly what I had here. It's hard for me to lay 9.5 against this Titans team, but it's also hard for me to bet against this Ravens team. I mean, I did it a couple times earlier in the year and regretted it immediately. You can tell in the first quarter that it's about to be a blowout. I don't really know. These teams both play. People are setting the over-under on the time of this game at like an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> like it, There's going to be a ton of runs, a ton of like long, time-killing drives. It's. I definitely think the Titans can hang in there, but I think they need to score quick and score early, get a lead, and then just feed it to Derrick Henry. I mean, me and you and the other people on this podcast have talked about how valuable Derrick Henry has been, but I think we really understated it. I mean, he's probably the most valuable player to his team. I know we said Michael Thomas, but he kind of disappeared. Yeah. For the most part, yesterday, I mean, have you seen Derrick Henry's high school senior year stats? I have not. They were bringing it up because he was obviously going off, going crazy against the Patriots. So his high school, just one year, senior year, 462 carries, 4,261 yards, 55 touchdowns. One year. Was that like 14, 12, 14 games? That is ridiculous, but it makes sense. One I mean, for why? one passing 30 yards on touchdown. <laughs> why would a high school team be able to tackle that guy? Had, NFL guys can't. He had one game. He had 45 carries for 515 yards and six touchdowns. Still a Florida record. It, you know, there's zero plays, it feels like, where they could stop Derrick Henry from getting at least four yards. Yeah, he almost never goes down first contact. That's what, they, that's what they were saying on Pardon My Take today. They said if you can hold him to four or five yards on first down, you got to kind of got to consider that a win like and that's weird yeah. is that mathematically doesn't work yeah yeah I like the Ravens in that game just to win the points are tough but there's just no way Lamar Jackson goes out first round that after stadium's the gonna be had. going crazy too yeah, the bank it's gonna be nuts that's the night game right yes Saturday yeah, it's gonna be going crazy Saturday 15 let's hope CBS gets everything figured out for the that was, TV that was people. the craziest thing about the whole weekend I mean nobody could watch this game yeah I have YouTube TV so you better believe yeah. I was tuned in I mean I had it at my house because I have Spectrum that's probably the only time Spectrum's ever came through but Spectrum. I mean 
We went to Stooges, we went to Roosters, we went to Hooters, and none of them could show the game. Yeah, you were texting we me, had to like, go to, this is where we're going. Actually, never yeah. mind. Actually, never mind. We had to go to B-Dub's Outer Loop. Horrible service, horrible place overall, but I mean, they were showing the game, so I guess they outranked the other places, at least for one night. Nice B-Dub's diss from a Roosters guy there. That's real <laughs> nice. Uh, let's talk about the Texans' bills. Epic collapse in yeah. this one. Bills up 16 nothing. Uh, what what was this to you? Was it more of a Texans comeback or a Bills I fall apart post Malone routine? I mean, shout out to Deshaun for hanging in there. He also he obviously had that amazing vintage Deshaun play that you've you've seen him make a hundred times. You'll see him make a hundred more. That that play will be played for years and in the future, and you'll always probably remember where you were when it happened. But I mean, the Bills had it. They were up sixteen zero. They were dominating the game, and then the second half came. They just looked like they were just content to kick field goals, play conservative, try to hang on to that lead. They were, it sounds cliche, but they were playing not to lose instead of playing to win. And you're not going to win many playoff games like that, especially on the road with a young quarterback. Yeah, especially against a quarterback like Deshaun Watson who yeah. can make something out of nothing whenever. And I love I love Josh Allen. I think he has the potential to be a great quarterback. And he looked very good in the first two and a half quarters. But that fourth quarter, he looked like he got shell-shocked. Like he had no clue what to do. No, he never played football before. No clue what he was doing in that lateral. That should have been the game right Lateral, there. Lateral, really dumb. Him taking that sack to take yeah, him out of field goal range. But, but also the coaching was very – I almost blame more the coaching than the than Josh Allen here. I mean, you, Neither coach deserved to win this yeah, game. If you're a young quarterback, you you got to expect to probably make some mistakes in your first road playoff start. But the fact that they went for that fourth and – was it 23? Yeah, Instead ridiculous. of attempting a long – I know it was a super long field goal, or punt the ball. I mean, you had three timeouts and a great defense – you could have pinned them inside the 10, got great – I know it ended up working out. They took it to overtime somehow. Still not sure how they pulled that off. Yeah, 4th and 23 is like playing a 13-year-old in Madden. 4th yeah, and 23, you kick a – I think it was like 58-yard field goal. You probably – you might not make it. I mean, that's a risk you got to take when you're down three. Or you punt the ball, try to pin them inside the 10, and try to get a three and out and get the ball back around midfield. I mean, going for it was personally be my third option in that. But, <laughs> yeah, and then now, out of the, three. The announcers, nobody brought it up like – I mean, we were all sitting in my basement like, why are they not kicking this or punting this? And Was this the worst announced game you've ever heard? Yeah, I mean, Booger McFarlane's bad. He's always bad, but he, like, switched to playoff mode for this game. He like, was, like, insanely bad. It, on that same drive that I'm talking about, he wanted them to run a draw on third and 15 and then spike it. And it would have been fourth down, and that would have been a turnover. Fourth down spike like, is what Booger's man. looking for. This is the worst any LSU personality has been on TV in 2019. It's not close. I think you can just say worst personality overall. Yeah, like, we just need to dishone him I can't. I mean, Jason Witten was bad, but I feel like he at least knew what he was talking about. He was just like boring and yeah, just robotic like wasn't good and, at it. Yeah. But Booger just like you think he'd know. He played football his whole life. He has no idea what's going on. Pretty good NFL player. He just he shouldn't be an announcer, especially on ESPN. Craziest part of this game is the kickoff to start the second half. Man, and never seen that before. I tell you what. So this guy he puts both hands out, which is not a fair catch. It's not a fair catch signal. He does not take a knee. He catches the ball. He tosses it to the ref, and the ref seems to like really know what's going on. You haven't taken a knee. The ref was knee. waving him off. He was like, don't throw that to me. I don't want that ball. You haven't fair caught it. You've tossed it in the end zone. The Bills pick it up. They score. They go up 20 nothing, and then they reverse it. That was game. I mean, And I, I thought that was the wrong call. I think it's a touchdown. Yeah, I, I mean, think it's a touchdown. Or you can call it an illegal forward pass. Yeah, I guess, and it's a safety. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the call is on but that. Either but way, I, I think that's points for the Bills and Bills ball, and probably game over. At what point in sports do you just like assume that the guy was trying to do the right thing and then give him yeah, the benefit I mean, of the doubt? They have yeah. rules, and they just threw him out. Yeah, and the the random phantom sky judge that we've always heard about finally ran out onto the field and was like, "I have to stop this." Yeah, and, and just absolutely gave the worst performance review of all time let me on paint, national television. Let me paint rep. a picture for you here. So let's say somebody has a pick six, somebody intercepts a ball, and they're showboating on the way to the end zone, and they drop the, ball. They drop the ball on yeah. the one. I mean, you know, he probably tried to take it into the end zone, and, but and he didn't. And you can assume that he scored, you know, that that yeah. wouldn't have happened. You, you can just assume it, so let's just give him a touchdown. No, that is not what they do. They mark the ball as a, you know, a touchback or a recovery or a touchdown, yeah. depending on who recovers it. And I just thought that was nuts the way they were like, hey, you know, this is probably the right way to do this. This game probably should still be 13 to nothing. Let's keep it going. I thought that was totally incorrect and yeah, robbed the Bills of winning the game. I agree. And once you, once that got overturned, you kind of had a feeling like, okay, this is Deshaun's about to make this a game now. Like that was game over. Now they have second life. Would have been a crazy way for the Texans to go out, but I think 
like you said, I think that's the wrong call. Yeah, I mean, that dude really would have been the worst yeah. moment of his life. So One I of mean, the worst playoff moments. I mean, you would have seen that for the rest of your life. Yeah, he should have been so thankful that they, for whatever reason, just decided, like, okay, this guy's probably a good guy. Yeah, we might as well not end his career. Let's not put him through this. I, I, I thought that was horrible. And I had the Texans, and I, I just thought that was completely the wrong call and absolutely shifted the game. And you haven't seen as much of that on SportsCenter as you would expect to see. He tossed the ball to that the Bills. That was the, the opening kick of the second half, right? Yes. I think that's probably why. If it was like fourth quarter later in the game, maybe some, it'd probably be a bigger story. But, I mean, still affected the game in a huge way. Yeah, absolutely. The Bills win that game if that is called correctly. But the Texans won it. They now head to Kansas City where they are also nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. Do you think the Texans have any sort of shot of knocking off Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs? I think they definitely have a chance. I don't love their chances, but they they've gone an arrowhead and won in the, in the regular season already. I think you got to at least give them a chance. It's still Deshaun Watson. They really need Will Fuller back. I don't I don't know if he's gonna come back. He seems to never play. I know it's but it, it seems he like, couldn't play in that game. Yeah. It's hard to see. But him it seems ever. like he was kind of like up in the air for this game. So I mean, I'm thinking maybe like one more week he might play. But their offense is just so much better when they have somebody opposite of Hopkins that can stretch the field. Their offense was kind of tough to watch all day. I mean, it I really the, was. I know the Bills' defense is really good, but that was just tough. And Hopkins didn't have a catch for the whole, pretty much the whole game. He gets one, and then he fumbles, and you're thinking, oh, that, that might be game right there. That's definitely what I thought. Yeah, but I don't know. I give him a chance. I still like Mahomes in this game, but I think nine and a half is a lot. It's I mean, it's making it really tough to gamble, for sure. Yeah, the, it sucks that both these spreads are nine and a half. I mean, I want the same kind of football we just got all this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you're at a point where if you take the Niners and the Ravens and the Chiefs all to win the game, you're getting like an even money, money line parlay. And you have to have three things happen for you there with no craziness. And that's kind of all we saw this past weekend was craziness. I'm, ex- I'm hoping for a Deshaun Mahomes shootout type game that we wanted in the first game. Didn't really get still a really good game, but it wasn't that crazy over insane shootout. I'm hoping that ha- breaks out in Kansas City, but... I definitely like the Texans. To, if I had to pick one game against the spread, I'm probably taking the Texans plus nine and a half. And that's kind of crazy because I think the Texans are the worst team remaining. Yeah, I agree. But it's just the Deshaun Watson factor. I mean, I need more electric. time to think about gambling this week. Yeah, if I had, sure. I'm saying if I had to take these lines, will yeah. probably move before these games kick off. But if I had to take one right now, I would take Texans plus nine and a half before I laid nine and a half with the Chiefs or the Ravens. Yeah, the Texans' win was so impressive against the Bills. Like, you have to tip your hat to them. Yeah, they never gave up. I mean, they fought till the end, and they pulled it out. But, man, they sure did look underwhelming for, what, like 85% of that game. So it's really hard for me to imagine them going into Kansas City and beating Mahomes. Yeah, agreed. But, I mean, they've done it once this year. I know the stakes weren't as high. It wasn't a night game, but... Chiefs have to be feeling great, though. Yeah. You had uh, possibly Tom Brady and the Patriots coming in there, uh, the bane of your existence last season from that moment until now, and now you get the Texans. You have to be feeling awesome. It's like being an NCAA tournament team. You're about to play. <laughs> the 16 seed beats the one. Uh, Not that dramatic, but, but the, the, the worst team loses, and you get them when you were expecting another team. Yeah, and you don't have to face the um, – the legendary status of the New England Patriots. Are they dead yet? Are they going to come in and win? I mean, Especially that, after our last year's game ended when they beat them like yeah. twice. And that line, I mean, if it was Chiefs-Patriots, it'd probably be like five, you know? And instead yeah, it's say, ten. Right three and a half, four, four and a half. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't give the Texans much of a chance there, but Deshaun Watson, the guy makes winning plays. I mean, he was, like you said, he was dead to rights, and then he escaped and won the game for him. So you have to give him credit. Saints-Vikings. I guess Kirk Cousins just won that game. I guess so. I mean, it was to me, it was more of Dalvin looking healthy for the first time in yeah. maybe the whole season. But, I mean, props to Kirk. He made some big throws. He made the best throw of the game in the biggest moment. So, can't hate on him. Yes, so should that play have been reviewed in your mind? I don't, I don't know. I mean – when you slow it down, everything looks like pass interference. In real time, I thought it was clean. I thought just – I was I screaming, like, turn around, turn around, ball's coming. Never turned around. and got – absolutely plucked on but when you slow it down it looks like you pushed off I think they should have at least reviewed it but I don't if you watch football all year you know they're probably not going to overturn that anyways yeah and especially because the Saints player grabs his hand as well after he yeah. pushes off and that could all be a product of Rudolph pushing off and he did create an advantage yeah I think if that's called on the field offensive pass interference it's tough to overturn yeah I think it's one of those things whatever it is on the field I'm going to be like yeah that's probably the right call I agree and it's just it's almost poetic justice that it happens in the Superdome exactly to the same fans that this is the only reason this is even a rule at all 
But if the refs would have stopped that and reviewed it and then say call stands, I mean, they might not have made it out of that building alive. Yeah, bad they were already look getting them just everything out though yeah. and not reviewing it. I do yeah. think they should. I think they should have reviewed it as well. But just because you change the rule, why do you do it then? Yeah, you know? I don't I just don't think the outcome changes. I don't think they overturn it. Yeah, that that's fair. And once that game started, I, I think we both are comfortable saying we really thought the Saints were going to win that game. Who thought the Saints were going to go out first round in the Superdome? I think a lot of people thought that they were probably the NFC's most likely Super yeah, Bowl representative. That was my pick for the Super Bowl. I, I had mine too. So you you look at it, once the game starts, you're immediately thinking, okay, this line's too high. Yeah. like You could tell about probably three drives in that the Vikings had the advantage. And yeah. I thought after the Vikings' first drive, they drove down the field, Thielen fumbles. The Saints get it back. I think they, they get a field goal in the first yeah. drive. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Vikings were just moving it every time. I don't think I can't remember one time they had a three and out or they didn't unless they got brought back by a flag or something. Like it just looked like their offensive line was dominating. Their defensive line was definitely dominating on defense. Breeze had people in his face all day. It just felt like I was on the Saints and I felt like I was on the wrong side half a quarter. Yeah, from the start of the game, basically. And I think the Vikings, that's the first time we've seen them completely healthy with Thielen, Cook. And they didn't even really use digs at all. Yeah. And that's that's probably been a month and a half, two months since we've seen Thielen out there, and, and he makes the biggest play of the game on that perfect Kirk what Cousins a dime throw. By Kirk. Yeah, best throw of his career. It, it, the announcer said that right then. Yeah, that I is mean, the best throw of his career, be. and it's so Wonder true. Rudolph at the end of the game was great too. It was it was just really impressive from the Vikings. I, I thought the Saints defense really rose to the occasion in the second half. And Man, got some I thought big stops. I thought that Dalvin Cook was a fumble. I Didn't it look like I was he kept him crazy, on top yeah. of him the whole time? I was going crazy when that happened. Then. As soon as you see the replay, you obviously know he was down. But yeah. in real time, I was like, that honestly might be a fumble. This was just a really well-played game. The Every Vikings time they had play, a it's a great game. Yeah. They had that Brett Favre game back in uh, 2009, I think, Bounty the Gate. Bounty Gate, where Favre throws that pick in overtime. Vikings should have went to the Super Bowl that year. They have the Minneapolis Miracle, and then they have That sucked. Game. We were at backdoor for that together, and I will never go back to that bar because I had the Saints in that game. Yeah, I ended up winning my bet, but I was going to win. Anyway. I had um, Saints teased, I think, so I won anyways. But Oh, well, congrats on that, yeah. man. It's huge. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take these teams playing the playoffs every year. I mean, they've given us three classics. I agree, and now they're both going in opposite directions. Minnesota heads to San Francisco, and New Orleans heads nowhere. Uh, if you're the Saints, do you make changes this offseason, or do you let it ride with what you have? I think you let it ride. I don't really know what you could do to make this team better. They definitely need a wide receiver, too, to complement Michael Thomas. But other than that, I mean – they're a really good team. They just can't catch a break. Yeah, they got a lot from Jared Cook this year, I think, more yeah. than they imagined they'd get. And Kamara really came along at the end. Yeah, Latavius Murray's a great running back, too. I mean, I think Breeze is the biggest weakness on this team. And it'll be interesting to see what he does. I think if they would have won the Super gotta, Bowl, he would have rode off into the sunset. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought I think this was Breeze's last year if, he, if they would have won. They obviously got this. I think Breeze is definitely back at QB next year. And then if things don't go good next year, I mean, who knows? Teddy, you got Teddy and Taysom. Taysom Miller looked like the best player on the field like, yeah. the whole game. Every he, time he came in, it was just electric. He played incredible, and Teddy went 5-0 and with this team. And I, I feel like that's a tough bullet to leave left in your chamber. I know that would have been a really tough thing to do to put Teddy yeah, Bridgewater in in that game. I agree with not benching Breeze. I mean, I know he didn't play great, but he's he is the New Orleans Saints in the modern era, and really all of their relevance has come from Drew Breeze. You don't bench him in a playoff game no matter what. Yeah, I will diss my own pastor before Facts. I diss Breeze. Dude, it was awesome when the Saints, when they thought they got that touchdown, Teddy was on the field going crazy before yeah. they even got That's got to be a flag. Yeah, you saw like, <laughs> he was the on the He was running with him at the 20 so on the field. Why is Teddy Bridgewater on the field? <laughs> Uh, but the Vikings, they head to San Francisco. What do you give their chance? They're six-and-a-half-point underdog. They're Man, definitely the, giving them a better chances than the AFC underdog. Yeah, they looked really good. I think that line's too high for that game, too. I agree. I, I know and, the Niners have probably been the best team in football for the majority of the year, at least look like it, but, I mean, this Vikings team looks good. Yeah, that's house money at this point for them, though. They yeah. should be going in there with no nerves. They've already kind of, I, I feel like, had a successful season after that win in oh, New yeah. Orleans. Kirk Cousins' first career playoff win, I mean. And how about that? You like that clip. You got it there. I like Kirk Cousins a lot more now than I did yeah, that, before Sunday. We were both on the Saints. We both wanted the Saints to win, but that clip still gave me chills. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I like that, like you said. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was awesome. Yep, shout out to Shea. I'm, that, that's incredible. That was an awesome win. He he never thought they were going to lose. I think he always thinks that, but he was right <laughs> this week. How about the Saints being 13-3 and three and having to play in wild card weekend? That sucks. Pretty nuts. And, that is tough. I mean, man, if you, you know, we don't know the records. If, if somebody takes our phone, locks them in a room. Who had the better season this year between the Packers and the Saints? The we Saints. both say the yeah. Saints, 100%. And that's three straight walk-off losses on the last play of the game, two to the Vikings. And then going back two years before that was the Beast Quake, 
and then a year before that was the Vernon Davis game winner with 20 seconds left. I mean, yep. five straight heartbreaking losses. I couldn't do it. I would give up on football. I loved in that clip, too, that you retweeted how they didn't show the pass being tipped. They showed the legit <laughs> plays in that game where Josh Johnson the third picks them off. And does I forgot their, all about that pick. Does their, little, that does their little dance yeah. they do that Steph they think Diggs so Diggs was cute. doing that off the field. I mean, right Teddy, in Peyton's face. Teddy started that, so. I, 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 hey. I don't know if you should. You personally, I don't know if you should hate on it. Hey, I'm a Rams guy. Win the game. Is uh, Teddy's a free agent, right? Is he gone? Or is he gonna? I mean, Breeze is still on the end of his career. I, I would stick in New Orleans personally. I don't know. I, Teddy seems to love it there. Yeah, I would stick there. He rides his bikes all the home games. Yeah, I mean, he, I would he's there. the most enthusiastic bench player they have. And when he's in the game, all he did was win. So, but I want at some point I want to see Taysom Hill get a shot at being a starting quarterback. Same. I don't know if that's what he wants to do, but I want to see it. Even if it's just one game, like I think he could win some games. Oh yeah, I mean, probably the most fun player to watch. That's not like a. That's not like Lamar or Mahomes or like a. Just a guy that doesn't even start. He's probably the most fun player to watch. Dude is everywhere. He's literally running down there on kickoffs. Yeah, and oh my god, that was the most. I know it didn't count because it was a false start. That was the most predictable fake punt of all time. Yep. Fourth and short, losing the game on your home field near midfield. I mean, how how predictable can you? And he got it because he he still got it. But they should have just ran. They should have just sent him out there normal, normal package. (laughs) I totally agree. Uh, Seahawks Eagles. We have a repeated score. How about that? They played on November 24th. Seahawks won 17-9 in Philly. The exact same thing happens. The Seahawks stay hot on the road. Does it stay that way as they head to Green Bay? This is the most likely chance at an upset, according to Las Vegas. The Packers are fair by four. So I think the Seahawks and Packers have both been a little fraudulent this whole year as far as what their record is and how good they really are. You go look at the Packers' schedule, who they've beat and how much they've beat them by and how they've beat them. I mean – there's no way they should have got a buy. There's no way they should have been. What were they, 13-3? and three? I mean, I don't think they're bad by any means. They still have Rodgers. They have an improved defense. They definitely don't scare me. They don't scare me, but the Seahawks don't really scare me either. Yeah. I mean, Seahawks just beat this Eagles team by eight. No disrespect to the Eagles. Like, shout out to them for winning the NFC East through all those injuries. But, I mean, they were throwing out fifth and sixth string receivers or backup quarterback. I mean, yeah, and that third string running back. I mean, that right there, that's the worst version of the Eagles you can get because he, Wentz yeah. wasn't in the game. That's about as bad as the NFL skill position players could ever be, and they were a playoff team. Yeah, and the Seahawks, their offense just can't seem to really get it going lately. It was hard for me to see them losing that game to the Eagles, as they didn't, but they really can't run the football at all right now, and they're really relying on a lot of DK Metcalf one-on-one. God, I'm going to so make good. a play. He is. I cannot believe nine receivers went over him. Yeah, it's nuts. He didn't look great at the combine. I know, but but those I mean, those internet those pictures of him on the internet were enough for me to draft <laughs> him in the first enough. or second round. I yeah, mean. I'm with you. They I, I don't know. I, I think that the Seahawks are definitely the most likely winner as an underdog. Yeah, and that's not even really my faith in them. It's just kind of my no faith in the Packers either. Yeah. But I also think I, I don't know. I, I need more time to think Which is about weird that because, game. Um I mean these are the best these are the most like decorated quarterbacks left right here, Rodgers and Wilson, the other ones are like uh, Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins, Lamar, Deshaun, Mahomes. Yeah, guys still waiting to do it, you know. They're all going to be great players, but nobody – Rodgers and Russ are the only two that have actually been there and won a Super Bowl before. So one of those are getting knocked out. So after this weekend, it's going to be three guys that have never won it before and Rodgers and Russ, yeah. Yeah, it's a great quarterback matchup. It's going to be a really fun game to watch. And, I mean, how ironic is it that that's the way the Eagles go out? I mean, where Man, is Nick Foles where at? Is Nick, they should, Nick Foles should have been on the sidelines just like emergency. They should yep. one one game clause. And I called Kendrick after. He's a big Eagles fan. And I was like, oh, guess you didn't need Foles. And he kindly pointed out, like, Will, we did not have the money to pay that guy. That's, that's true. I mean, and it's a good point. You can't. You can't uh, take anything away from Foles taking that paycheck and a starting job. Didn't work out for him. but I want you to rate that Josh McCown performance from last night, and I also want you to rate the performance he gave on the basketball video I retweeted of him playing basketball at allegedly 38 years old doing reverse dunks. So McCown actually played pretty good last night. I mean, all things considered, he came in. He probably hasn't played in a long time. He'd never played in the playoffs before, which I thought was – well, I guess it's not that crazy. He's kind of career back, time, back up, but – uh, never played in the playoffs. He was throwing it to Greg Ward and a bunch of other guys you've probably never heard of. I mean, he, he let him down to the red zone. He just couldn't finish. He ate a couple sacks that you just were killer on the drive. But given the situation, I mean, he did about all he could. You tip your captain, McCown. It was really cool after the game to see him, how much it meant to him in the press conference and all that. But, he, I mean, him hooping, he might have picked the wrong sport. Dude, he was getting buckets out there. Yeah, I mean, he 
is one of the most athletic white guys I've ever seen. When he dunked, I was shocked after watching him <laughs> ineffectively try to scramble for <laughs> an hour of real time. Yeah, he's a he's a hooper for sure. Yeah, that was weird. Once, I've seen that video before. Once Wentz went out, that game was over. Yeah, it really sucks for Wentz. He's never he's heard all this like you can't do it. It was all foals. You like, can't stay healthy. He yeah. just played a full season and then yeah. kind of a freak thing. It's a dirty hit. Yada yada yada. Yeah, I don't know how you can question his health when it's a concussion when you, your head gets driven in. It doesn't matter who you are. If you take that hit, you're gonna have a concussion. Yeah, I, I can't believe he didn't come back out there given the stakes. I, I maybe somebody he was, had to tell him that he couldn't yeah. or he like must have not been able to walk or see or something. It just sucks that that effectively ended their season. They yeah. didn't have a backup like the, Teddy Bridgewater. That's, the story of their whole season, like just injuries, injuries kill them. No exactly. telling what the Eagles' record would have been if everybody would have been healthy. But I guess we'll see next year if everybody can stay healthy. But it really does suck for Wentz. He got wait at least a whole other year to get his actual playoff experience. Yeah. So a little college football. We are a week away from the national championship. LSU is a five point favorite over Clemson. I am really excited. There will not be Bachelor Talk on Red Talk that day. I am worried about one thing. Uh, I know that you guys really like it. I'm sorry. Um, we're, we're doing nothing that week unless Shea and Lexi want to do something without me. That is the only thing on my mind. And Tua, Alabama's quarterback, has entered the draft. Your thoughts? I think it's the right call. I mean, I know he's banged up. I know he was – before the season started, before Burrow came out of nowhere, it was – this is Tua's draft. No matter what happens, Tua to the Dolphins. Everybody thought the Dolphins were going to be tanking for Tua. Tanking all that. for Tua. And it looked like they were and a couple months ago. So this was still the story until Burrow really took that next step over Tua. Tua got hurt. Dolphins started winning games. Two might still end up in Miami, ironically, but I think this is the right call. Obviously, he comes back. I think he's pick one or two next year. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the other one. Trevor Lawrence is probably going one no matter what. Yeah. But he's still going to go in the first round. Somebody's still probably going to grab him in the top ten. I mean, you've seen what he can do. He should heal 100% from this injury, and teams are always going to need quarterbacks of that talent. I mean, you might as well go get paid. Even if you're not healthy, you might as well go get paid instead of come back to Alabama. Yeah, I totally agree. Definitely the right call, in my opinion. And we'll we'll talk more about that national championship on the next episode, but uh, I'm excited for it. I think Tua made the right call. Just get in the NFL uniform, get paid. He's too injury-prone to go out there and, and break yeah, his leg he comes or back and then gets hurt again. Like, it's a fourth-round pick. I think there's no way he falls out of the first round this no, season. No way. I don't think he falls past the top ten. Yeah. Let's talk some college hoops. Uh, Louisville Cardinals lost to Florida State at home. Uh, second straight loss. They had a week in between the Kentucky loss and the Florida State loss. Not much changed, but a lot changed in the way that Louisville operated during the game. Uh, what do you think the biggest issue is for the cards going forward? So I was watching this game with like about a, probably a 40% attention span. I had the cats on their TV with the sound on. Ah, obviously. makes sense. Yep, same but, time. But um, what I saw, it just looked like the perimeter defense just wasn't there. I mean, Florida State did knock down some tough shots, but they also had a lot of open shots, and they shot 47% from three. You're not going to win many games when their team does that. And really the problem that Louisville has that has kind of been the problem all year is – Who's going to be the second guy behind Nor? I mean, he went crazy. He played maybe the best game of his college career. I agree. And en- outside of Enoch having 10, no one else scored more than six. At halftime, Nor had 21, yeah. and uh, the, our next close had five. So I was watching – while I was watching Nick Richards put up 15 of our first 17. Relax, we'll get to it. I looked over, and I saw Nora hit like two or three shots. I'm talking to Jake. I was like, dude, he's going crazy. And Jake's probably – he's probably got four. It popped up. It was like 16 points in the first – 16 of the first 20. And Jake doesn't watch sports, so, yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, n- never. But – uh yeah, it's going to be tough to beat anybody when you got one guy dropping 30 and then one guy has 10, but nobody else has more than six. I yeah, mean, And him scoring that much, it almost made the rest of the Louisville guys look awkward on offense. Like, how do we get him the ball? How yeah. do I get involved? But it's not, it's not like he was forcing shots either. Like, he missed, what, like three or four shots the whole game? Yeah, like, he, he was always went, he wide went open. crazy, yeah. Yep, he, he is so, so good. And I think that UK game is a major anomaly, and it'll look like that at the yeah. end of the year. And it, it was just weird watching them lose a game in to a really good team again, but in a really different At way. Home too, yeah. If you had told me before that game that Nora was going to do that and drop whatever, 33, 34 points, I would have put my bank account on Louisville. Yeah, like, for sure. But Florida State, when you look back at Louisville's schedule, I think that the Kentucky game and the Florida State game are two of the probably five toughest games that Louisville's oh, yeah. going to play. Probably those two and Duke and uh, always Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. But the ACC is is really down. The top four teams scare you, but after that, everybody's not not yeah. very good. North Carolina is horrible. North Carolina is so bad. Georgia Tech was up like 30 on them. But Louisville just has to find the right guys to be out there. Against Kentucky, they shrunk the rotation to basically seven guys, and that actually worked a lot better. Yesterday, or Saturday, they were playing David Johnson a ton, Williamson a ton, and I just don't know if there's a place for a player in college basketball this year that is like scared to take and make an open shot. They just have a lot of guys that just like 
don't want to do anything offensively, that just look nervous. And they have a lot of guys that can play. I just want them to find five guys that are effective on both sides and kind of ride them. I, I, Sutton played 43 minutes against UK. I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a lot easier when you have five that you know are going to mesh well and play well together. And just mixing up lineups and kind of throwing out random lineups, it's never really going to go good. Kentucky's kind of had the same issues. Not We don't have as much depth, but... Yeah, you re- you really need your go-to five, especially to close a game out. Yeah, and Cal has to learn, you know, every single n- new season, all these yeah. new guys and how to fit them in there. And Chris Max had a ton of time with these guys, and it, it just seemed like he was doing random stuff, just hitting the shuffle button and getting his guys out there. And Williamson took more shots against Miami the first game of the year than he has in the oh, last looked, five games combined. He looked like a certified lottery pick in that Miami game. Yep, and I'm now like, he's, he's going to be a problem all year. Now I really haven't heard anything about him since yeah, that he's game. He's been a complete non-factor. And Kimball and McMahon make zero threes combined against Florida State. It's just a recipe for a loss. Yeah, I mean, if McMahon's not making threes, I don't understand why he's out there. Yeah, in, in college That's basketball, you got to just you, you got to have guys that can score, and you can't just have one. And like you said, I mean, Florida State they ran great sets. Hamilton cro- coached a great game, out of bounds. They were killing it. But when things didn't work, Forrest Walker they just made something work off the dribble. They can just go right through our guys. We're just not very big and strong. Yeah, Florida State's probably one of the like deepest. Uh, What's the right word? Uh, I guess balanced teams yeah. out there. They have what, like six guys that average t- ten plus or something like, but nobody that averages more than fifteen. I think. Yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah, I mean that's that's gonna be a tough team to beat in March for sure. Yeah, they look tough. I think that Florida State kind of just looked like they were better than Louisville in that game. So it, that could be something to look out for. But UK cats stay hot. Uh, will Nick Richards get drafted first overall, or will you all relax? Is Dude, my first question. He's not getting drafted first overall. You all, all tweeted that. Dude, he was going crazy. I get it. He had fifteen. He hasn't scored fifteen in his career. He had fifteen of our first seventeen. It was nuts. If Richards plays good, it takes this team to a whole other level. If we can play inside out, especially if, since we haven't been a great shooting team all year, excepting at the cards, of course. But we haven't been the shooting team we were supposed to be in the preseason. I mean, any production from Richards on the offensive end at all is just a plus because he's really out there to rebound, affect shots, stuff like that. I mean, if he's scoring, he had. 19, something like that, 15 boards. I mean, that takes the Cats to another level, and they're going to be tough to beat if he's playing good. Yeah, and for you guys to win that game, you favor by eight at home. You should win. I'm Just really impressive because you all did it without making a lot of threes. Against Louisville, you shot the ball really well, and then Saturday really wasn't the case, but still just comfortably handled that game. Kentucky's just big and strong and dominant. What's your confidence level with this team comparing it to past Kentucky teams at the January 2020 mark? Yeah, by the time March gets here, I'll probably be super confident, ready for another Cats run. And uh, I'm, I'm already confident we at least get to the second weekend, Sweet 16. I would probably compare this team, as far as confidence level, I definitely don't. I'm not saying this team's going to make a run to the national championship, but I'm going to compare it to the Julius Randle, James Young team. Obviously, they went to the championship game. They were the eight seed. But my comparison is from I think they can beat anybody in the tournament. They could also lose to the majority of the field on any given night. Gotcha. I mean – that team ended up going on a great run, but they also needed three Aaron Harrison shots just to get anywhere near that. They could have easily been bounced in the first round by Wichita. We were eight seed that year. I don't think we're, we're not going to be eight seed this year. I think we probably probably get about a three seed, maybe a two if they can figure some stuff out and run the SEC. But, I agree. Um, yeah, with Hagen's out for at least the foreseeable future. I mean, I know Cal Perry said eighteen hours, whatever he said, but eighteen hours, low ankle sprints, how long it takes if you ask John Calipari. I don't think there's any way they rush him back. He's probably the most important player on this team. We don't really have like a true point guard. I guess Maxie's gonna be running point with him out. But um yeah, I don't know. I mean I'm pretty confident in this team. It's still concerning that we lost to Evansville and uh I mean Utah's not bad, but we had our chances to win that game and we didn't. We got down twenty to him. I mean but they seem to be putting it together a little bit, so hopefully yeah, they keep Evansville, going. I mean they won that game and they, they gotta chill out. Yeah, they're not uh, very good. <laughs> yeah, well, their, their coach has got to chill out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, vacate that win. Take that loss off our record. <laughs> they might have to, man. They might give that Take to you. Take that off our We only got two losses now. Yeah. Do you have uh, any other college basketball news and notes from this past weekend? Anything that stood out to you? Uh, No, a couple of really good games. Villanova went down again. The Kansas-West Virginia game was really good. I didn't know West Virginia was supposed to be good this year. I know. They were ranked. That was surprising. They're and then Kansas really bounced back, yeah. Yeah, um, some good games coming up this week, though. Yeah, definitely. And Michigan State seems to have their swagger oh, yeah, back. They killed Michigan. And that Michigan. that sucks for me because I hate well, Michigan State. Pretty much but. nobody probably watched that game because it was on at the same time yeah. as the Saints-Vikings. Had but. one TV occupied at Roosters by that. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, it was a – Michigan kind of hung around about 10 most of the game, and then Michigan State just blew it open late. 
and LSU football's big story. But LSU beat Tennessee and hasn't lost an SEC road game since oh, Joe Burrow that. That was, crazy was an Ohio State Buckeye. Oh, since yeah, Demarcus Cousins was a New Orleans Pelican. Bullshit. No Golton and Colin Rupp last year. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, when they came into Rupp and beat y'all. Yeah. yeah, I must have forgot. That one must have slipped my mind. Yeah, you must have forgot about it. But, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> impressive that they won every SEC road game last season. It is, that is impre- I don't care who you are. It's impressive if you go undefeated on the road in the conference. It is. It is. And this year it's it's been very not encouraging watching this LSU basketball team. But that was a big win against Tennessee. And they're back in action against Arkansas, who's quietly 13-1 and on Wednesday really? night. Do you have... A guess on who Arkansas's one losses to? No clue. I had no clue they were thirteen and one. Western Kentucky. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, now. Western yeah. Kentucky. But they they just beat Indiana. This Isn't past Western week Kentucky too. beat them in their bowl game too, or they beat them in the regular. No, season? No, they beat them in the regular yeah. season by Arkansas a thousand. But so did everybody. Yeah, yeah Arkansas <laughs> won two games. Man, Libby kind of owns Arkansas. Right? Uh, very slept on. They do tops on top. College basketball games this week to look out for. We have cards. Miami. Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, $6 tickets. Miami get in, is so bad. Get in there. Miami is horrible. Duke just beat them by like 30. Y'all beat them by 30 in the opening game of the year. <laughs> and then the Cards head to South Bend on Saturday to face Notre Dame, which really? will be a very interesting game. Mooney for Notre Dame is the ACC's only player averaging a double-double. Him and Enoch should be a good matchup. And then the Cats have Georgia uh, tonight, I guess. First true road game. For UK this season, and we get a good look at this Anthony Edwards gentleman he who is, is likely unreal. a top five pick. Yeah, if you haven't watched him play yet, I mean he's probably he's the best player that's pl- currently playing in college basketball. He's not going to go first overall, but he's the best player that's actually playing. This dude is an athletic monster. He is a football player with basketball style talent, and Georgia might have just saved their season a little bit with that win at Memphis this past weekend. Yeah, that was a really good game. Yeah, it was, and, and Georgia has a little guard, the left-handed guy who's really good too. I would expect UK to be favored by five or six in this game. Yeah, it won't but, be a lot, especially without Hagens, and that's where Hagens yeah. is from too. You know, he wants to play in that game, but. Definitely. Can't see it happening. Yep, and then the Cats are going to host Alabama on Saturday, who absolutely collapsed God. against Florida. Dude, We're I, up 20. I had Florida minus four in a teaser. Gave up on it in the first half. They're on 22. Then I see they're down they were they on six with like 55 seconds left. Came back out of Went in double overtime. What a team, and What a collapse by Alabama. Yeah, absolute collapse Alabama from the always tie. gives us trouble, though. That dude with the crazy hair, Petty, he sprays oh, he's back. three. Yep, he was, he was the only reason they were up 20. Yeah, dude, he spray, every, I've never seen him miss a shot. I mean, I don't watch Alabama like that, but <laughs> every time I look up in East Street, I'm like, that's in. It goes in every time. Uh, well, the Tuesday night is definitely the night to watch. you got cards and cats. And then two ranked matchups. Ohio State plays Maryland and Baylor at Texas Tech. Cards lost to Texas Tech. Texas Tech's kind of pulling it together. Back in the rankings. Cats go to Texas Tech in a few weeks. Okay. At Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Um, Check them out. Maryland's one of the best teams in the country. They're people, tough. people need to watch them. Yeah, Maryland. And Maryland's Ohio State's kind of slipping right now. I, I like Maryland. In and that the game Big for sure. Ten has a lot of mid level conference depth. It's going to be really hard for these teams to go on these six and seven game win streaks because the Big Ten is just really tough. Yeah, There's a lot super of good teams. competitive this year, yeah. Saturday, Baylor at Kansas, top five matchup. Oh, that's awesome. Actually, I think it's three and six. Baylor's going to lose to Texas Tech. I hope not because I want this game to be hyped. I'm just telling you. Baylor's pretty good. They got that little white dude that sprays. Just letting you know, Texas Tech, money line. Is that game at Texas Tech? Oh, yeah. That's a tough place to win. Yeah, we're doing that. Yeah. I guess we're doing that then. Can't wait. A lot of good college hoops this week and at a good time for it as the NFL field continues to cut itself in half each weekend. That sucks. There's like, what, six football games left? Don't say it like that. I know it sucks. Uh, no, there's still we're good. There's like nine. Yeah. Okay. Cool. There's nine. We're good. The raging Cajuns tonight. Yeah. Raging, raging Cajuns. Cajuns. <laughs> Chill out. Is there anything you'd like to talk to me about? Yeah. So it's the um, tis the season for fantasy football punishments. Did you guys ever do yours? Uh, Who got last? Last place is Blake Deucenap. I think for the sixth straight season. Fake <laughs> oh stat, God. but it's close. And he has to take the ACT. Okay. That's that's a pretty good. I saw my favorite punishment i've ever seen today What's on twitter that? so this league the person who got last has to spend 24 hours in waffle house 24 hours they get one hour taken off for every i think waffle. shay and them are doing that really yeah i'm pretty sure that's their punishment i saw it on twitter this dude tweeted through you get one hour taken off of your jail sentence for, for every each waffle, waffle you eat. yes yeah and this dude live tweeted the whole thing it's hilarious i'm gonna retweet the um the initial post of his uh thread but that sounds awesome you go through and read it so he, after like three he just starts struggling i think he ends up being there for like 15 hours he sees like two shift changes i mean We're, i couldn't uh, imagine hanging out in the waffle house for 16 hours yeah i mean no alcohol in there yeah. that's that's so weak no tvs no you're just sitting there eating, uh, eating waffles sounds horrible i really wanted us to do the bodybuilding contest that one, uh, that's just hilarious. go up there as you are and flex with all those beasts 
Uh, didn't end up happening. We're doing the ACT thing, which that's I, a good punishment. It's funny, though. you know. It, it's three and a half hours of absolute they should, torture. They should have to post their score on. They score. do, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's but, a good. We need my league doesn't have a punishment. We need to get a punishment next year. You know, we just don't do anything right. Yeah, we really don't. Bad commissioner, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it's all on the commissioner, and I think a lot of people know that. But you know, whatever. You got anything else? No, that's it. All right. Well, this was fun. TTYL. January 6th, 2020, 11.08 Eastern Time. It's Bachelor Talk season. We are back. It's airtime with Peter, the pilot, Weber. It's great to be back, right? I mean, it's fantastic to be back. Could not have asked for a better time to come back on. As soon as college football ends, Bachelor starts. Fantastic. It's truly beautiful. You showed up a little late. You had to change a tire. Yeah, I mean, there's a flat tire. You got to fix that. I hear you. Well, I'm going to... I'm gonna catch you up on what you missed so we start off with an epic preview as we always do now let me tell you peter's distraught and he's heard something and i'm not sure what it is i think it was a season-long preview but i'm going to tell you the preview is epic and it looks like he's going to juggle several people and it's going to get dramatic which is just kind of the show well if you know one thing these previews are violently deceiving yep we we got a quote from peter this is going into the season I do believe that love conquers all. So we'll see. They start us off with a Hannah montage. And uh, Hannah Brown, yeah, she's still here. She's not going anywhere. She was a huge part of the first episode. And she really botched it, you know? She really botched it by picking Jed. It's very slept on. Yeah, I mean, just miserable, miserable choice on her end. Yeah, horrible choice. But let's talk about the real contestants now. So there's one that really stood out tonight. And we'll, we'll give some base thoughts on a few of them here. Hannah and we're off. She's everywhere. She interrupts girls twice. She gets three meetings with Peter before Peter even has one with certain women. And a family literally does a cheers to Peter's name before she even goes. I mean, she's got a one in 30 chance. Pretty cocky. She's a, she's a Miss Tennessee former pageant contestant. So she's got to have some, I don't know. Kind of feels like she deserves to be there. Yeah. But, I mean, I'll give it to her. She's uh, she's quite the looker. So, you know, I'd give her a good chance. She's a model. I can tell. She's beautiful. I like her. A lot of people are calling her the new Luke P online. I don't prefer it. I think it's funny. I love me some Luke P, so, you know, I'm down to see where this goes. So you're a fan of Hannah Ann, then? Oh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of most. Yeah. So, they kind of start to show. They give you a little highlight reel of all the contestants that are going to be major players. And you get to see Kelly, and there's evil music playing. She's an attorney. She's Kelly got, with two E's, that's not common. She's got a boatload of confidence, and she's already met Peter before. Conveniently, a month before the show, and let me tell you, Shay, she was looking for a sign. She was going to quit. She wasn't going to come on, but she's looking for this sign, and then she's leaving a wedding. Peter's leaving a high school reunion, and boom, magic in the making. She immediately has a huge advantage on the rest of the field. It's wild. And then how crazy was it that they went on a date and it just happened to be at the exact spot that they met? I mean, ABC Studios was all over that. How about it? Sprinting. Sprinting to book that hotel. You got to love it. There's an Auburn basketball player, Madison, who won four state championships in high school. And I'll tell you, that's pretty good because most people only spend four years in high school. War damn eagle. Let's go, Madison. Coached by her dad, said she wanted to marry a man like her dad. And she told Peter that he was really real. And that's an awesome compliment. She also said multiple times, I feel like I've known you my whole life. Yes. She dropped that, what, like three or four times tonight? She dropped that to his mom. She did. She did. She even said that to his mom. So these entrances, they're really something. Uh, it's, it's like when you see these NFL players arrive into camp doing the craziest stuff, except on steroids, amplified by 30. So I'm going to get my cringiest moment out of the way here quick. So we have Victoria Paul. She's 27. She's a nurse. She started crying during her intro because she was overwhelmed with emotion just at the chance to be on the show. She's the lady who had never received flowers before. You know what I'm talking about? So my cringiest moment was when she met Peter and immediately told him that uh, they needed to do the happy dance. And then they both started dancing. Almost turned the TV off. Really tough scene. 
Yeah, she did not uh, bring much to the table for me, personally. No, and she threw up. She threw up. She's not very smart. She thought one mile was 30,000 feet. And that's just almost six miles. That's just not even remotely close. Yeah, so you want to go ahead and do that. I mean, we'll, we'll skip ahead. There, there, a lot happened tonight. Slept on. This show was three hours. Oh, my God. Didn't know that till about 7.40. Just threw me off entirely. Yeah, sorry. And I actually was texting you like, oh, my God, really? Is it really three hours? I already knew that. Somebody told me and let me know. I thought if I let you know that early in the day that there was just no shot you were showing Oh, my up. dad let me know. I was like, this is some bull. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, man. I, I needed you to be here, and I knew if I told you that, you weren't going to come. But yeah, we, we uh, had about half the field after he eliminates half of them with the rose ceremony. So we'll go back to that. Take a flight school math quiz. How many feet are in one mile? We had some quotes like from the teachers. 30,000. That is ridiculously wrong. Didn't even try. That's nice. I mean, they're not scholars. They said they haven't been in, done eighth grade math in a while. I was like, that's, that's, that's just way less than eighth grade math. That's just like a fact. It kind of slept on. There are 30 contestants on this show when we start. It, the girls keep coming out. They keep coming out. And you're like, how many are there? And I would have guessed around 25, which I already think is outrageous. 30 contestants to start this That's show so many 30 and if, if 31 if we're going to count whatever hannah brown's doing we'll get to that at the end Gross. but he eliminates five of them i, I want to stick with these entrances for a second so we have a lot of wild going on so how about this big paper airplane and that's madison you know madison had a heck of an episode she did she stood out a lot the paper the giant paper airplane was a wild card move wild move and she's the one that got a date her first date was with peter's family at the renewal of his parents' wedding vows in year 33. 33 is a weird year. Just Come doing on that because on The Bachelor. Yeah, very random. But what a wild first date on a first episode. Like, did this need to be three hours so we could renew these vows? No. Could have done this in two hours. And Madison Easy. meets his family. So that maybe that's why she said all this stuff like, yeah, I feel like I've known you my whole life. Because honestly, that's kind of a I've known you my whole life type relationship move to take a girl to your parents' renewal of their wedding vows. You're not wrong. I mean... I don't know what Peter saw in her that just was like, I got to bring her to this magical moment in my family's life. And there's a very good chance she'll never see them again. Yeah. But she's in the pictures. So, I mean, it happened. It was nuts. I could be dating somebody for two years. And if they bring me somewhere and surprise me with that, I'm really pissed off. She didn't even know they were doing that. She knew when they walked in. Peter's like, oh, hey, this is my family. We're at the renewal of my parents' wedding vows. Insane. So... Uh, Courtney comes in. She's clearly this season's cam. She made absolutely no impact. But honestly, there's just not a lot of time she for She rode in on that wagon plane thing. Yeah, and it took her like forever. She had her own uh, air marshals landing in her. I was like, what is what is this? They're playing the clown music when she's coming in. So you well, just they, they know, deserve it. Yeah, you just know that she's not going to do much. But there's really not a lot of time with this many girls for somebody to create like a villainous impact. We just don't have time. There's 30 of them. If there was a villain, that she's probably already gone. Tammy, wild lady, uh, she uses a metal detector and tells him that he has a big package, which is a wild way to start. This one chick got out of a bag, uh, Kiara. She's a nanny. I really don't think she was actually in there. That was I don't wild. know. That was a weird thing. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, Lexi, Corvette Beast, she advances. I hate her. I don't uh, know why I hate everything about her. Yeah, well, she came up and said, clearly I like to go fast and you do too. Like, that's what we rehearsed for months. That's what we had. Amazing. So, girl with the windmill walks up. I think that was Deandra. Deandra, yeah. Deandra, she walks in with the windmill on her back, ask him if he's ready, asking him if he's ready for round five. Immediate sex reference. Nuts. Bold. Crazy way to start it. And we're seeing that, and we're like, wow, this is... And this is starting off kind of wild. And it just gets so much crazier. Oh, we haven't even got to near the tip of the iceberg. Kylie comes up, and I think this is the only time she talks in the episode, but she said, let's make it ten times, and then pulls out ten condoms. That's a lot to ask a guy. She was hot, though. Uh, yeah, good point. I kind of let that just, um, yeah, whatever. The girl with the picture of the hairless cat. Katrina. Yeah, so she got the boot already. Yeah, she's gone, and honestly, she should have been ejected immediately for how she started the show. She came up and said, "Peter, I know you're gonna love my hairless," <laughs> and we don't even let you say <laughs> on Red Talk. And then she showed him a picture of her cat, and I I was shocked. I was stunned. ABC let this fly. I might have been looking. I was looking at my phone at the moment to take some notes, and I immediately lift my head. I was like, "Is this is this going down?" And then. A minute later, your favorite character, Victoria oh, my queen. F, 
Victoria F. walks up there and says, I have a dry sense of humor, but that's the only thing that's dry. How is this on ABC? I mean, she came in, she f dropped the hammer, just slaying. I'm like, damn, this girl is my queen. I'm going to stand for her all season. Victoria F., let's get it. Well, what's nuts is like Peter didn't even notice that she said that. He was completely unaware that yeah, she... Yeah, that was a wild move. He, he, <laughs> had he, had had no her, he had to have her remind him of what she said. Like, hey, dude, you don't remember that? That's the <laughs> one thing that stood out to me about this show is that insane she joke. she just immediately starts bawling her eyes out. Yeah, immediately starts crying at me. I, I don't know what's going on. And then Jenna, she comes in with an emotional support cow and then gifts Peter the cow. And then she just says it was a joke. Literally gives him a cow. Now he's got a cow up there for the rest of the meetings. The girls see... That there's, okay, they see an animal. Tammy. Yes. How stupid are you? That's not a pony. Yeah, oh, Tammy. That was clearly a cow. Tammy legit thought that was a pony. They are completely different animals. Yeah, they don't look anywhere near the same, and it, it was amazing. They, they can look out and see that it's Hannah Brown, but they can look out and see a cow and think it's a pony. Oh. It's incredible. Recognition, not recall on their names so far. Do you agree? Yeah, there's a bunch of them. I'm just thinking that... I remember what they did, but not their name. It's really tough. I mean, Peter had to study for just months to get ready for this first rose ceremony. To be able, I mean, if he didn't remember what that girl said about having a dry sense of humor, how in the world is he going to remember like yeah, that was hilarious. 22nd on the power rankings? You know, I mean, there's just no way. Um, now, let's get back into the actual show. There's too many girls also. There's just too many. The field needs to be slim. Ivana Lee. Uh, she didn't make like any impact at all besides saying her name, and her parents suck for naming her Ivana Lee. Okay. Just a terrible name. Okay, I'm glad you got that in there. Right when the entrances are about to be over, hello, Hannah Brown. Girls are shaking in their boots. They so love each other, Peter and Hannah. So, really, this entire show is pointless. Does she, does she just want to be on every show on ABC? Just get all the money she can? Uh, yeah, it's working. She needs to go, like Peter said, like she has a house like 20 minutes from there. Just, yeah. Just go home. You could have just like called him. Maybe the, set something up. I mean, the crazy thing is like she picked Jed over Tyler C. and Peter. Yeah, very slept And on. she's still coming back. Treated like a hero. And honestly, I'm not mad at it. Like she's kind of got like a celebrity superstar glow to her. And These girls are being so fake to her. Though. They clap for her. Yeah. But then they immediately turn their back and be like, damn, I hate this. Yeah much shit about her on the off-camera interview acting like hannah's not gonna watch but hannah like maybe it's because we know her and she is a celebrity but we watched 30 girls meet peter and i think that it really puts into perspective how hot hannah brown really is because i i feel comfortable saying she's the hottest girl i saw on the show tonight she's up there okay that's uh, that means a lot for you to say because i know you really don't like her who's the girl that made out with him first thing and then called him a dime 50 who is she savannah okay i hate her she blindfolded him and just said, just feel. Just tell me how you f like the feeling. And then just immediately makes out with him. Oh, uh, yeah. Really didn't Before enjoy that. Before walking in the house. Yeah. Called him a dime 50, a flaky biscuit. Oh, I hated that too. Just, oh, really hated that. Uh, over under windmill references was set at 11 and a half. Way over. That, just the windmill references and anything related to him being a pilot or anything about a plane. A lot about that. I'm going to throw up yeah. if I have to hear it all season. It's too much. He's a person too, you know? Uh, the girls in the house all immediately hate each other. And Every dudes, single one of them. As, Not, you as you pointed out, all seem pretty cool with each other. The dudes like each other. They're like, hope you have a good time, man. They're just hanging out, chilling. All these girls hate each other with a passion, and it's super clear. Yeah, and during the show, I, I look over at you. It's about 9.04. And I say, you know, I kind of like Hannah Ann to win. And then she just doesn't abide by the unwritten rules. I mean, she goes talks to him for a third time before other people have even spoke to him once and kind of unethically takes the first impression rose. Luke P status. Yes, a little bit. Now, okay, now I see what people are talking about. And it's also 9.04 p.m., and Peter's kissed like seven people. He's going to have action this season. What we say, over under nine and a half girls slept with this season? Yeah. that's I, yeah. I'd, I'd hit the over. Man, I have to go under there just because I don't know how they're going to get all that in the show, but not by much. I think it's an accurate line. Paper airplane war, multiple small ones, rebuttaled with a massive one. McKenna was the one throwing the small ones. Absolutely hate her. Yeah. It sucks at everything. The most McKenna-ist McKenna of all time. Makes sense. And uh, you kind of look like a jerk for eliminating anyone opening night. I mean, you know, these girls that got eliminated, I, I felt really bad for them. Eliminating someone on the first night is 100% on looks. Simple as that. Yeah, it, it has that's to be. All it is. And that's that's a terrible way to kind of do it or even say, but, but it, it has true. to be true. It has to be true. And five women were eliminated tonight, and to be honest, I just don't have the memory space to tell you their names. Like, I have to save my memory for the real contestants. 
Yeah, I think I can remember like two of them. I definitely don't remember all of them. So let's get into these dates. We had the flight school math test, and then we had a random airplane obstacle course. Literally nine stations. An absolute war. And honestly hilarious. We were both dying laughing. The girls were trying to run, and those big fans all getting knocked down. Oh, Absolutely my God. Hilarious. They had paint all over them, and they could not move in front of those <laughs> giant fans. So <laughs> just awesome. So <laughs> Poor Victoria's over there about to throw up again. Yeah, Victoria. she spins for like a second. And there's two Victorias. We like Victoria F. She's the one with the dry joke. We do not like Victoria P. She's the one that's throwing up all She's the time. one. Kelly cheats, and she wins the obstacle courts contest. She, she ain't cheating. Not, you ain't trying. She doesn't go through the course. She wins. They do not review the play. I was shocked because... Because after review, it appears that she does cheat. 100% cheated. Yeah, but it doesn't get reviewed, and she gets the date in the sky with Mr. Peter Weber. It was huge. It was a huge play for her. And I think we we can go ahead and do this because the end of the show is all Hannah Brown. So our last five locks, I think we have three of them after tonight that are guarantees. Guaranteed. Got to be. There's just no way around it. And we have Madison, the Auburn basketball player, who went to Peter's parents' wedding vow renewal. She's in there for sure. Incredible. And then we have Kelly, who already met him, who has a major advantage on everyone, and everybody's pissed about it. Oh, massive advantage. I mean, they went back to reenact when they met. Kelly, real player in this season, maybe. She's a looker, though. I'm cool. And then Hannah Ann, she's in there. Yeah, that's, you know, signed, sealed, delivered. She's going to make it happen. But there could be another major player who has been a major part of our lives since you and I started this journey together. The thing about those three that we said are locks they're all brunettes, too. Yeah. But Hannah's a blonde, so I think Peter's got a thing for blondes. There might be one or two blondes making that final cut, too. So we have Hannah Brown now. Hannah Brown is back. Peter brings her on. She's at the beginning of the show, and she gives him back these wings that he gave her and says, you know, I hope you find your co-pilot. Kind of a nice gesture, but you can tell there's something there. And then she comes back to, I guess, like, be the leader of a date. It was all really weird, and all she did was talk about how Peter had sex with her four times. Again, like, the whole world doesn't already know everything about it. Yeah, so had to make sure we got that all out there, which I thought was a really weird dynamic. His ex-girlfriend standing up there telling a bunch of other girls that want to date him about, like, just vastly detailed details of their sex. And also saying how much she doesn't want to be with him, but then, as we all know. She's crying over him in the back room. Like I said, I think she's awesome. I mean, Hannah Brown is Dancing with the Stars champion, 2019. And I wouldn't be mad at Peter if he walked away from the show and just selected her. I don't want Hannah to win. I don't want her on the show. I am done with Hannah Brown. Okay, I understand. But I, I'm just saying. That that's how I feel. What else you got about the episode? Just a couple little notes in here how wild it was when they go on their first group date and they're all just in workout clothes out of nowhere. It's like, what is going on here? Rocking Spanx on an Air Force base. And then the two airport, uh, the two pilots were confused why they didn't look as cute as the girls in their get-ups. I'm like, well, you're old and they're on a show. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why. You know I had opposite thoughts during that. I know. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> And also there, it was funny, we were talking about Victoria P. and her sickness. She was traumatized by an incident on the teacups. The, uh, the Disney teacup ride. She was traumatized from a youth. <laughs> she had she was thrown up everywhere in the ginger neutral bathroom. They literally played the, the teacup ride on a video clip with ominous tones in the background. Hannah Ann, I, I said it about five minutes before you brought it up. Peter is Maverick. He's trying to find his goose. You are not Maverick. She did say she was Maverick. You are not Maverick. Yeah. He's trying to... Peter is Maverick. She was close. She was close. I mean, she tried. Knowing that she has any idea what Top Gun is, that's awesome. Exactly. And I don't think any of the other girls got close to making that reference or trying to. No At least she tried. She did try. She failed. She's pretty, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a tweet from uh, Barstool's Ellie Schnitt that says, this is so unfair on Hannah's part, which I know because I've been the girl crying because someone I didn't want is moving on, LMAO. This is really accurate. <laughs> it's really funny. That's, like, really that's true. You know yeah. what? I, I respect her yeah. for saying that because it's not a lie. <laughs> I totally agree. I Everyone knows exactly what she's talking about, dude. Don't act like you don't. I love You've that. You've been there. And you know, when you're on Twitter during a... A game. You're on Twitter during the Vikings Saints game. You're probably seeing some good stuff that like is helping you be more knowledgeable about what's going on. For but sure. you're probably seeing a lot of stuff that that kind of pisses you off. And I feel like that's a 
typical theme for sports fans is they're checking Twitter during a game. Bachelor Twitter is just the best. It's wild. Like you only see hilarious stuff. It's just hot take after hot take. Yes. And, and just like awesome details that you would just never know if you didn't have a Twitter and you weren't following The Bachelor. This is true. I truly enjoy it. It makes the show so much better for me. But this this being three hours, it's it has to stop. It's 11.29 now. That is just ridiculous. I have school and work tomorrow, ABC. We're not all on the West Coast. And this easily could have been a two-hour show. For sure. That's then, what it should be. In the Always. ending of the show, in the most Bachelor classic fashion, we don't get the answers that we wanted. We have to wait a whole other week. And next week, we're definitely not going to see it on Monday because there, there's something going on. Monday Night Raw? Yeah, no, there's uh, LSU. <laughs> the Tigers are playing the Clemson Tigers in the national championship. Tigers versus Tigers. The biggest college football game of my life. I will not be tuned in to The Bachelor. So maybe we can... Um, we'll squeeze one in next week. Yeah, like worry. late next week. But I'm only worried about the national championship for 48 hours. But it, it's going to be tough because I, I want to know what's going on with Hannah. Well, from what we know, these previews, we probably won't find out for about three months. What actually happens with Hannah? And this is like trying to decide what Tom Brady's going to do next year. I have no idea. I feel like there's a likely result, and the likely result is that Hannah doesn't stay on the show. It's all been filmed. There's no way that she had time to win Dancing with That's, Stars. Yeah, we were talking about it. How could she do Dancing with the Stars? As and she this? was. Yeah, exactly. It's it seems impossible. Her headspace seems to be all over the place. So being able to dance as well as she did, have a calm, cool, collect look Incredible. on her. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give her props for that. I just I don't need her on my bachelor shows anymore. It, it really is impressive. I have to know what happens. What's your prediction? Is is Hannah Brown gone next episode or is she along for the ride? I don't know if she's gone next episode. No way she wins. I don't. So I don't. You're saying there's no way she wins the show. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think she wins. I think she'll be gone by the end of next episode. Yes. Okay. I don't know. I, I literally. I mean, she don't. showed up on Bachelor in Paradise too. Like Hannah. True. Go home. Hang out at your house. You probably got a dog. I probably misses you. Yeah, I can't call it whether she has a dog. I mean, most people have dogs. Yeah, she maybe not, a cat. Who knows? Who knows what she? Everybody thought she loved the guy she was dancing with on the stars. No, I think you did. I don't know if everyone did. Uh, good point. I could have just been me. Uh, not really sure. Sometimes I just think that the world thinks exactly like I do. Shay, is that all you have? It is getting late. Victoria S. bringing this home. <laughs> Sign, seal, deliver that bad boy. There's no shot. That is true. TTY. We stand.